0: Fact of the matter is, you are about to embark on a transcendent experience that can only be described as psychological nudity. This is Stugox, and this is Stupatomy. Here we go, Jim. Tony...
2: Billy, I'm excited for this episode of Stupidity, but I'm also a little bit concerned about you. Uh, we're going to have Ron Say on. Uh, this is all me, okay? Selfish. It's on me, and I apologize in advance for Ron Say, okay? Because there are certain names what that when self. they come ac- Well, I mean, listen, there are certain names. I'm certain our audience will love it, okay? But there are certain names when they come across my computer screen and I am asked, would you like this person on one of your podcasts? I can't say no brian trottier is one of those people new york islander i said yes to him we still haven't gotten him on ron say is another he just puts a smile on my face so that's it it's just the guy that puts a smile on my face i forgot about the islander that we received that that you by the way (laughs) will never say
1: no to but also will say can we reschedule to every time (laughs) traffic it's
2: never a no but it's an always can it be not today (laughs) yeah Yeah, right. Tomorrow, please. (laughs) For trots. You know what the Uh, T in trots stands for? Tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, Billy, uh, I'm a little concerned about you because I have sat here for years. Well, not years, but since you had your last child and I have told you to enjoy every single second, every second of it, even the bad parts. And yet here you are complaining. How old is your child? Your newest. My
1: newest is is uh, a month yesterday, but my newest is not the one that's causing my oh. uh, stresses at the moment. It's my okay. firstborn. Yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah. Well, you're not enjoying all the moments I told you to enjoy, even the bad moments, Billy. It's not that I'm not enjoying them. It's just that um, things
1: are very busy. I would say, and like my daughter is is going to be starting pre K two now, and mm-hmm. there's lots of activities that are involved with that and like she's going to a school that has like a big community around it and like there's lots of things that go into that and football season also is a big time commitment uh just because of God bless and i are were we supposed to like i I kind of mentioned it on the show yesterday just like in passing and I don't know if I was allowed to or not but like We're going to be doing twice a week now, for God bless. We're going to be doing a reactionary Monday, which I think will be, like, fun. And I'm trying to do everything I can to get callers involved and have that implemented and installed in the studio. And just, you know... General fun and have Monday be different than the Friday episode. Not that the Friday episode isn't fun. That's not what I'm trying to say. But just have Monday be its own thing and Friday be its own thing. And, you know, kind of recap and preview every week and have a little bit of fun during football season because let's be honest, you know... All, all year
2: long, God bless
1: football. We, you know, we're going to turn up the fun during football season. I we're going to turn huh? up
2: the fun? I mean, I feel like we're really fun on that show. I don't know how you turn your kids into a thing about God bless football, but God bless you, man. Well, I'm just saying, like, maybe there won't just be a random golfer
1: on God bless football during the football season. You know what I mean? <laughs> I feel like we
0: just experienced a whole Billy Gill train of thought. Like, yes, he, went, he went on a
1: journey you noticed. in your head. Right well, there, so right? I, I – because this is what's <laughs> happening – is that I'm looking, I bought a a calendar, right? And everybody on Earth now just uses like a Google Calendar or whatever. It helps me to write things down. So I have a calendar and I have a planner and then I have the calendar on my phone as well. So I can check that. But when I'm sitting at my desk, I have a calendar and I'm just looking at every week and I I bought all different color pens and I have like color-coded systems. I'm gonna take it off the wall. I have it Velcroed to the wall. I have every day, a bunch of things in different colors and it's not to say that i'm like busier than any of you are but it's just hitting me how busy all of this becomes right because you start Mm -hmm. factoring in two kids now and this one has a doctor's appointment and that one has something you know what i mean so i'm trying to figure out how do we make football season as smooth
2: as possible for all of us you know what i mean right mikey i don't know how he turned a question about parenting and his kids into a calendar and (laughs) different colors and writing things down and we're cranking up the fun on god bless football i mean (laughs) the show is fun i mean (laughs) i know but it's you know
1: right i got you you know okay
2: Right. You want smooth sailing, right?
1: I have on my calendar a Hyundai appointment. Really? Two weeks from now, yeah. There's a recall Uh, on my car. All right. Well... uh... Love a good recall, (laughs) by the way, on a car, you know? Why do you like that? Because you take it in and it's like you just get a new whatever it is, and it's usually free of charge. And I'm kind of hoping maybe there's like a secondary recall. My car right now, not that anyone's asking, my car is a 2013 Hyundai Sonata, Uh right? And about, I own it. So my sister leased it and after the three years she went to turn it in I'm like, I'm gonna take over that that car. Like I would like to buy that car. So we bought the car. So it's paid off, which is like great. Like two months after it got paid off, the engine died. Like something Mm -hmm. happened and I took it to a Sears Auto Center which doesn't exist anymore. And they're like, you need a new engine. And I'm like, that's not good. I just paid off this car. Like what am I gonna do? Mm -hmm. And then there was a recall. And I got a new engine for free in my car. So now it's like I have this car that's 10 years old, but really the engine life on it is like four years old. And I'm going to be driving that baby into the ground. (laughs) I'm telling you, I will be driving a 2013 Hyundai Sonata until my daughters graduate from the school that they're going to start soon
2: because I'm not going to take on another car payment. It's just not happening. You still didn't answer my question. What I mean, was Football's going to be fun. It, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Somehow football's fun. You love a recall. You got a new engine. The Ron Say. Ready. You have an appointment. I have an appointment with Ron Say, the penguin, right now. Stu Gatz here for my friends over at Miller Lite. A lot's changed over the years. One thing that hasn't, the great taste of Miller Lite. Another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. So what is the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite sparked this debate in 1975, and we still haven't settled it. I have been enjoying ice-cold Miller Lights for as long as I can remember. In fact, I enjoyed some over the weekend. As the Knicks beat the Sixers in advance of the second round, me and my friends, we sat around, we celebrated. With ice-cold Miller Lights. what did we do? We made fun of Joel Embiid. Ah, oh, I love it, the Knicks. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller time. Ron you are a name and a face, by the way. It's great to see you. That makes me smile because you bring me back to a better place. You bring me back to my childhood in the 80s, growing up when I love baseball. I don't love it as much as I used to. But you are Understood. one of those people that just puts a smile on my face the second I hear your name or see your name. Do you get that a lot?
3: Um, well, that's very kind of you to say. I uh, I suppose that, um, you know, that has to do probably with something with the nickname and the success and, uh, possibly the way I played the game. Uh, so thank you.
2: Uh, he has a new book out, Penguin Power, Dodger Blue, Hollywood Lights, and a one in a million big league journey. Why'd you decide to write the book, Ron? Besides money, of course.
3: Uh, uh well, actually, uh, it, it, it's not so much about that. Uh, it was a matter of me kind of breaking down a lot of walls, over a period of years after I, uh, uh, retired from baseball when I was around 40 and, um, you know, I stepped aside a little bit, uh, played a little Mr. Mom for a while, uh, went to back to work for the Dodgers at the request of Peter O'Malley and spent, uh, over the last year and a half over there, uh, doing multiple things. But, um, I wasn't sure I had a story to tell or that somebody want would want to listen, but I had a lot of people who were kind of prodding me over a period of time and uh, just got to a point where I started, you know, knocking some of these walls down and I realized that, you know, I did have a story to tell and uh, why not? Uh, it became interesting. And, you know, and, and I also had to get over the fact that, you know, all you have to do is Google me. And you find out a whole lot of stuff. And I wasn't sure I wanted to open up that other side in a book. Uh, but uh, I was able to get it to a point where I decided to move forward. And I'm also doing a podcast now that I've been doing for the past eight months called We'll See About That on CRN Talk Radio. And We also have Spotify, Amazon, Apple, Roku, and Google. And so at 75, I've uh, I'm in uncharted territory uh with the book and and the podcast. So, you know, I'm I'm kind of, I'm having fun. Uh not necessarily from the business side of things, but uh <laughs> I'm having fun doing the interviews and uh was happy that I was able to tell a story. Uh writing is hard. Did you enjoy you enjoyed that process, huh? Well I had a ghostwriter who um uh came in on the second part of this game, Ken Gernick, who was a beat writer for the dodgers back when i was playing and is an accomplished journalist has written books before was a, a writer for the dodgers i think online um has a very good background of the history and tradition so he was a person that helped me reorganize after the uh the first one fell apart uh we did 20 hours of zoom during the pandemic i had a pre-existing condition with my ghostwriter. And it was cancer, and I was not aware of it. So we got down near the end, and we started looking at the transcript, and couldn't continue. It was not done as well, um, so I had to start over. And Kenny was the right person to uh, put pen to paper with it. What were some of the things
2: you said? You Google uh, Google your name, and there are things on the internet that. Uh, that were annoying to you, that you see a whole different side. Oh, what not somewhere-
3: necessarily annoying. Not necessarily annoying. No, not not in that case. It was, was anything matter- that upset you, like pissed you off, or oh, you know, I mean, look, uh, you know, I I think I'm above board on uh, the love hate relationship, uh, uh, whatever it is. But uh, it was just a matter of the amount of information that was out there that, uh, you know, page after page after page, you know, and I didn't realize it until, you know, I started to take a look at it, but, you know, I've always wanted to, uh, you know, uh, be my own person, you know, do my own thing. Uh, uh, I wasn't really too worried about, uh, you know, how I was going to do all of this. Um, uh I, I just felt that there was a part of me that uh i didn't want to expose and uh, there still is a part of me that had been exposed so uh there are things in the book that uh uh are there because of a, a purpose and uh i did leave some things out but you know that's for obvious production reasons
2: uh do you have a great tommy lasorda story for us ron
3: most of the ones I can't tell you, but, uh, <laughs> uh, you know. Is there one I mean, that you can tell us? <laughs> well, I mean, look, Tommy was, uh, you know, a. a uh, it, it's more of a combination of things. You have to understand that when we first came in to to the organization, meaning the nucleus of players that were in the uh, most successful infield in Major League history, Garvey, Lopes, Russell, and myself, were all homegrown guys. Uh, we all came in within a year or two apart. And uh, so Tommy nurtured these guys. He understood who those players were gonna be. Uh, We spent a great deal of time with him. Uh, I remember in uh, Instruction League, which is now the Arizona Fall League, uh, way back when, uh, that uh, Tom Lasorda would take uh, uh, Billy Buckner and I out to dinner uh, at Sir George's. And uh, back then, Sir George's was, you know, like a family smorgasbord restaurant. And had all the checkered board tables and, and, uh, you know, it's like $3.50 a person. So, you know, mothballs flew out of his wallet when he did it. But uh, I never went to a dinner outside of Sir George's that he ever paid for.
2: Billy, it sounds like your kind of place. I mean,
3: I love it. I love what we're talking about. <laughs> I want to
2: get to Columbo. Mikey, hey, you have your Columbo questions ready? You've been waiting for this all day. So here you go. Here's your chance to talk to Ron Say about <laughs> Columbo.
0: <laughs> I, honestly, I just want to know what it was like. I mean, you got to oh, uh, you yeah. Google you and you find out a bunch of things. And the first thing I saw was he was on Columbo. My mother loved that show. I remember watching it with her. What
3: was that like? Yeah. Well, it goes back about uh 36 37 years now i guess and i'm still collecting my 45 cent residuals on that uh on a regular basis uh i think i've accumulated probably 20 bucks over the course of that time but um uh, it was a great time i had an opportunity to do it because there was a a friend of mine who was a director uh at the studios there at universal and uh, he hooked me up with Peter Falk, and, and there was a two-hour segment, and I was in both the first hour and the second hour. And in between time, uh, Peter would uh, take me around and show me the sets, and uh, we'd go to his trailer and hang around, and uh, it was just great. to me. I had a really terrific experience with him. Uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun. I have a greater appreciation for uh, the detail that goes into making those things because uh, I think in the card game, we had like maybe six or seven people in it and they had to do individuals for each scene. So it was forever monotonous, but you know, and repetitive, but uh, really an incredible uh, piece of work put together. Peter was was, uh, terrific. And I look back at those at a very fond time. Did you get one more thing? Oh, one more thing. And then, and then he asked you the, the, the one more question great. that broke it open. Yeah. You know, uh, he 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 just had a persona about it, you know, and uh, he, he was just a lot of fun to be around. I I can see why they had a good time with that
2: show. Ron, do you feel like you played for the best infield of all time? Because that infield was great.
3: Uh, I like to uh, take it down just a notch. Uh, I think it's fair because it's valid and it's factual. Uh, it is the most successful infield in major history because nobody else came close to what we were doing. There may have been an infield uh, that for one season, uh, maybe two, uh, that accomplished a great deal. But when you look at eight and a half years together, the number of games we won, every member of the infield was a multiple-time all-star, We we, four World Series, a World Championship. We were the nucleus of the team for 10 years. Uh, You can't touch it. And so more success most successful sets better with me than claiming the top spot. But I would have to say that, you know, we're in the mix for that too.
1: Ron, you, you obviously have retired from major league baseball. You haven't appeared on screen in some time as an actor, but would you say you're retired <laughs> from acting as well? Or
3: you wanna yeah, make I, it an I, have, today, I, I I have I I have been in a movie, I have done television, I have written a book. I have a podcast. Uh, I uh, I have a a, I've recorded a a, a, a baseball jingle back in 1976. Come again? Uh, A song? You you wrote a song? Oh yeah. Google it. You'll find it. Uh, (laughs) Oh, Billy. One game at a time and playing (laughs) the third base bag, and it was uh, it was supposed to be in fun, but of course, some people said you ought to stick to your night job. (laughs) <laughs> mm. mikey
2: yeah you're conditioned to hate dodgers because you're a yankee fan but you find yourself liking ron say don't you I'm Conditioned to hate. that's that's like 10 years before my time oh it doesn't matter he took four i mean he took four world series from the yankees like, what's the matter with you
3: no I, uh you know the yankees actually took one from us uh <laughs> 1978 Yeah. Pains me to speak about even today. It's the most painful loss I had in my career. And uh, I wish we had had instant replay back then.
2: Mm. Ron, do you like? We talked to David Wells recently on the show. He doesn't watch baseball. He doesn't
3: like today's baseball. Do you like baseball? I like baseball, but I don't watch much baseball. Um, I'm kind of in the same category that you guys might be. Uh, The game has changed. Much for me, I think. There's a lot of manipulation. Um the game that you know my fan base uh grew up with, uh loving the the strategy, knowing how, how the game is played, uh what to expect, anticipate, um the names of the players um uh, doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, guys are trading places uh you know uh regularly. You just saw Verlander and and uh, and Scherzer go to the Mets uh, last winter, and now they're both with different teams, uh, chasing uh, you know a World Championship for somebody in the moment, and it's an easy way to pick up a World Series ring, I guess. But um, I I I don't know it, it, the, the 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 game that we played back then just doesn't exist anymore it's a strikeout home run game uh by changing the size of the bases they invited old school baseball back in for this year uh because they weren't attempting many stolen bases anymore and now because of this base that was you're out now you're safe uh being a game of inches that's all it took for some of these people who run the show to side that uh, we're going to go back and delve in old school baseball and steal some more bases. There's I, too
1: many stats now too, right? We're ruining baseball with no, how about home runs, RBIs and nah, that, you know, batting average. We're good with that. Right,
3: Ron? Well, you know, uh, I'm all for the statistical breakdown, the metrics, nah. uh, but it's a matter of how you use it. Okay. Uh, the information is valuable. Uh, it's a matter of how you use it. I don't want it to be something that is mandatory. And that is one of the things that I felt was an issue when they had the switch in here. You know, the, 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 everybody would chip to the other side of the field primarily mm-hmm. for left-handed hitters. And I had a hard time trying to justify that to myself. Uh, and a lot of the other metrics that go along with, uh, you know, you get a guy to face left-handed pitching. And uh, uh, he's over 25 against this one left-handed pitcher. But he's playing today because he's due. OK, mm-hmm. and not because he can't hit the guy, but because he's due. And so, you know, it it, it talks out of both sides of their mouth. And I and I uh, I have trouble with that. I have trouble with the bullpen game because I think it's nothing more than a glamorized exhibition game. Exactly. And the, all these games count, you know, uh, they all count. And you've seen through the al- alignment with, uh you know, postseason play and you get the wildcard teams that, you know, you are now seeing this thing come down to, you know, last day, a lot of times, and it's pretty exciting. Mm -hmm. And that's the smart part about baseball, you know, beforehand, you know, we were losing, uh, our fan base, uh, before September because so many teams were out of the race and now they've turned themselves to football. And now when you have more teams vying for that wild card spot, you keep your, your fans invested in the game through September. So that part of it's good. Um, you know, I I don't really want it to expand to be any more than that because I don't want it to look like football and basketball.
1: This bill James though. I mean, he's too far every, every week it's a new statistic with him that he just kind of makes up and it's just enough. Bill, The nerds have taken over the game. It's too much.
3: Um, I, I agree that there's too much of it out there because, Mm -hmm. uh, you can paralyze yourself by overanalyzing things. And, And and it's hard for me to, uh, uh come to terms with a lot of this because it, it has to be simple you know you can go look at the tapes we didn't have much of that going on when i was playing it was more about feel and uh you you get into a place where i mean if you're thinking too much at the plate when you're in the box you're you're, you're gonna get paralyzed you know, right. mm-hmm. go with your You're getting strength.
2: Getting too cute. I mean, how about just try it out? Say Russell, Garvey, and Lopes mm-hmm. every single
3: day for ten years. That's what you do, right, Ron? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, you know, it worked, and uh, it would have been a very difficult uh, thing to um, enforce. I think with the group of guys that I played with, uh, and we had Dusty Baker, Rick Monday, and Reggie Smith in the outfield, mm-hmm. and I can't imagine what what uh, Lasorda's. Uh, line in front of his door would have been if one of those guys wouldn't have been playing because he would have been knocking on it saying, who's better than I am that's playing today? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I have been told stories of Steve Garvey, who was like a playboy back in the 80s, okay? Like, everyone loved Garvey, but I was told that uh, that Garvey
3: would hit on women during the game. Is that accurate, Rod? I I have no idea. He was on the other side of the infield. Yeah, Whatever he was doing. What happened on that side stays on that side. Is that what you're saying, Ron? That's correct. Yeah. (laughs) But he was a good-looking
2: son of a bitch, wasn't he? Uh,
3: Apparently, he was. (laughs) And he wasn't shy about telling you that he was. Oh, yeah. Let's... You know, we, we should move on.
2: Yeah, let's move on. <laughs> I love it. Rod Say is with us. Check out uh, his new book. It is out right now. Also, there's a podcast as well. Uh, Penguin Power, Dodger Blue, Hollywood Lights, and a one-in-a-million big league journey. Why is your journey one-in-a-million, Ron?
3: Because my father-in-law quoted was quoted by my wife by saying, what are you doing hanging out with this guy? These guys, one-in-a-million makes it. And so uh, that's kind of where that came from. And uh, the story to that is that uh, we had uh, uh, a very short time together before we decided to get married. And uh, I had gotten called up, my first call up to the big leagues, the week before we were supposed to be getting married in Chicago at the Drake Hotel. And I hadn't even met the parents. And... (laughs) Here I am, uh, and and her conversation with her father says, "Hey, listen, I, he's not in the major leagues yet. I, 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 I believe in him. I, I, I know he's going to accomplish this goal that he's had since a kid." Uh, he says, "Yeah," but he says, "These guys all have that same goal, and uh, there's only one in a billion that ever make it." So that's kind of how that got stuck in there. Yeah, but Ron, you had that last laugh, right? I mean, you did. Uh well yeah I mean look when you when you, when you each year you know you have the the June draft and you know ninety percent of these guys ninety seven percent at least years ago that was the percentage marker that get drafted who are the creme, creme the the creme de la creme of the moment the year uh don't make it. Don't make it. Right. You know? I mean, so you're going in with, you know, like incredible odds surrounded against you. And, uh, you know, the incredible thing is that, you know, the year that I was drafted by the Dodgers in 1968, is heralded as the greatest free agent draft in Major League history, produced 11 Major League players out of that draft. Can you imagine that? I mean, that breaks every record you could possibly imagine uh, that happened. And uh, not only was I – the highest uh, war ranked uh, player in that group that we had i was the highest ranked player in the entire 1968 draft of war so uh th- th- that gave me a lot of a uh, lot of pleasure saying that
0: <laughs> ron you're kind of an old school guy and i love it so i gotta ask you this uh for, for our friend billy gill uh how do you feel about someone taking three weeks paternity leave you think that's too much, or what's the right amount <laughs> mm-hmm. to take for wow. eternity?
3: Well, uh, yeah. we didn't have those clauses in our contract back. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know how they would work. Uh, I guess it um, uh, depends on who you are uh, in yeah. this game. Um, but I think three weeks would be uh, a little bit much. Yeah, uh, I have a bigger problem with the guys that get hurt in April and then they tell you they're going to be back and after the All Star break. I mm-hmm. want to know what else happened to them in between time. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> get back on the field, right, Rod? I mean,
2: let's mm-hmm. go.
3: I mean, we didn't have that luxury. Uh, Owner only, only winners move forward. We had National League East, and National League West. Exactly one right. winner move forward. Best of five. Go to the World Series. Uh, That first first game of the best of five in that NLCS uh, is a bear. Mm -hmm. I mean, you better get that under your belt because uh, you don't have seven game. Seven games is different. Five is crucial. Uh, Back
1: then, you know, you feel pain, you just play through it, and then you deal with it in the off season. Isn't this Tommy John in the middle of the season? Throw with the other arm.
3: You know what I mean? (laughs) Yes. Oh, um, you know, I, uh, I, I like I said, we had a bunch of guys. If you check the uh, once again, if, if you have any issues with what I've had to say, uh, please fact check them. Uh, go and go and take a look at four infielders and the game, number of games they played while we were while we were in that eight, eight and a half year stretch. I mean, everybody was playing 150 games. I mean, you should
2: change the name of your podcast to final say, you know what I'm saying? I like it. <laughs> Not bad. Yeah. yeah. Not bad. I mean, uh, listen, we'll have you on all the time. You'll have the final say on everything if you'd like. I don't. Well,
3: care. I don't know if I necessarily, I mean, it would be at a stretch around here. My wife usually gets the final say on most of that stuff. Hmm. <laughs> hey, I've Do been you, married for 50 years. I know how it works. 50 years. Congratulations, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've, I actually, I it will be 50 years that I've lived in my home, uh, in Woodland Hills, uh, California, uh, coming September. So, uh, longevity is uh, been good to me for those things. What's the key to a uh, to a long, great marriage? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> when she's happy, I'm happy. Trust uh, me. That, that is so yeah. great. Do you enjoy the podcasting, Ron? I do. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, you know, the business side of it is really slow. Uh, I was on Jim Rome show here last week and, uh, we had touched base on, you know, his beginning too. And I, and I said to him, uh, I said, you probably have some stories to tell about, you know, how rough it goes for your first year, you know, it's a, it's a very slow business and, um, uh, hard to, uh, hard to get people to get things done on time. So I enjoyed doing the interviews. Uh, it's great interviews. Um, uh, I'm having Ashley Fred Clare on uh, the former general manager of the Dodgers uh, uh, this week. Uh, a few weeks ago, I had Billie Jean King after she came back from the Paris Open in France. And uh, so it was fun. Uh, you know, and she's a uh, uh, she's a minority owner, too, uh, with the Dodgers. I Ron- no longer work for. Her.
2: Right. <laughs> Ronze Ron is with us uh, before we let you go. and We appreciate it. Uh I am wondering do you have a Mount Rushmore of LA Dodgers who would your who who were the four people that represent the Dodgers the best
3: Oh my uh well uh, Walter O'Malley number 1 right. um he was the one who had the insight to uh bring the Dodgers west from brooklyn and bring the san francisco giants with him uh expand baseball so that was a major coup back then uh jackie robinson uh you know uh he is part of our 50 uh 50 year uh group that is extremely elite um you know he opened the doors for so many people uh they've retired his number uh for the entire sport um and Scully's career lasted sixty-six years. So there's another one that's over fifty years. Um and actually, you know, we had, we just had our 50th anniversary for the infield. Uh so we're we're in a very small league group. I don't think that we're in that group, uh, though, however, uh I I would also put uh, uh I, I put Koufax really in there too. Well, yeah, Tommy, uh, huh? First uh, I, you know, Tommy, uh, Tommy is, is, is a baseball icon. Uh, he was an ambassador for so many years. Uh, we can put him in there with a tie with Koufax Hmm. if it's top four, if not top five, but uh, look, there's plenty of people who who are deserving of consideration here, but, um, Manny, uh, Manny, Manny Ramirez. I mean, when the more (laughs) modern one, possibly. You went to Manny before Kirk Gibson. I mean. Oh yeah, Gibby. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, that's a moment. Uh, All due respect to Gibby. I mean, he was here for a little bit over a year. Uh, Cup of coffee. Yeah. Yeah. He had he had a moment that is recognized as the greatest single moment in Dodger history. But outside of that, uh, does he qualify to be on our all-time team? No. I don't know if anybody can play one year and expect to accumulate enough to be able to be in that status. Um,
2: this is why you have the final say. I'm telling you, exactly. Listen, I am well, willing. I am our, willing. Listen, Ron, our, if you want to rename the podcast, rebrand it, I will co-host it with you. Okay, I'm in. Mean, <laughs> he here's the deal: that.
3: if you if you look at our all-time Dodger team, and let's just say, let's just do the infield. Uh, let's look, do the all-time Dodger team by position. Yes. Well, let's do the infield first, and then you guys can help me with who you think. Okay, okay. infield goes like. I this. love
2: you, Ron. Say, I just wanted to say that. Okay, Thank I love you. you. Okay. All right, uh, here we go. It's Campanella. Yeah. Oh, yep. Hodges. Campy. Campy. Wait, no, wait, you're going Robinson. Campy before Piazza? Is that what you're saying? I said the all-time
3: Dodger team. You have final say. I'm sorry. Okay. Yep. The all-time Dodger team is Campanella. Yep. Hodges. Re- Robinson, Reese, myself. The LA Dodgers all-time team is okay. Piazza, yeah, well, Garvey, a- Oates, Wills, myself. Okay, that's how it breaks down. Uh, all those guys are Hall of Famers. Okay, you can't put somebody in there that's not a Hall of Famer. Okay, uh, you can't do that. Yes, go ahead. Take you, take you
0: out of it. Who's yeah. who's playing third base on that all time team? Take me out of it? You're, you're out. You don't get to. You don't. Careful, get Mikey.
1: Why would he take him out? Because
0: right. I, I want to see who he thinks is next best. That's really what he's I'm on called. his team. And well, he's on then, the
2: actual
3: team. I mean, you see, you know. Yeah. I mean, look. It, 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 this is this. This has to be done while you're a Dodger. Okay, exactly. it's not done while you you were a Met like Piazza oh. was. Uh, this is done for your time as a Dodger. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in, in my opinion, uh, Adrian Beltre is going to be uh, a Hall of Fame third baseman when his time comes around. You know, he had an incredible uh, run in in uh, in Boston and Texas in particular. I mean, he was extremely strong down the stretch. He didn't have that kind of uh, a start with the Dodgers, and then he went to uh, the Mariners for a while. And, you know, I, I thought he was very uncomfortable up there. It seemed like he had a first good month and a first bad month, or a first uh, first and last good month, and, and the rest in between was kind of mixed. But uh, overall, you know, what he has done, he is deserving. I mean, he's a top 10 all-time third baseman in my uh, He did that much. And uh, and as, as far as the rest of them, they weren't here long enough to do anything. I don't even know who would come after that. You know, Justin Turner had a nice run while he was here. But he's he's really not that kind of a player. Yeah. So we need to uh, fill out the outfield. Is that – Okay. Uh, well, that- you have uh, – you, you, we have Snyder in center field. Right. Um, uh, oh, God. There was a guy – I can't remember his name off Played back in the 1920s or 1930s. I can't remember who it was right now. Ooh. And I should know because I, I know that much about it. Um. Who would you who would you uh you know, uh Carl Farrillo comes to mind. Gil uh, well, Gil Hodges was first base, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah.
2: first base. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and, and uh you said Duke Snyder. I was thinking yeah, of Duke Guerrero. Snyder.
3: Guerrero? Yeah. Uh he wasn't here long enough, I don't think. Uh like I said, you no know, Pedro had some really good years. I mean, look, he had some really good years here, no question about it. Uh uh, he did really well with the Cardinals too. I think that's when he kind of peaked, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he would be in the mix, but you know, when you look at, uh, Dusty and Reggie, uh, you know, they were really good players for us, but Matt the, Camp was very good. Uh, uh, Andre Ether. Um, oh, yeah. You know, he had a really strong career as a Dodger. And uh, that would that would put him uh, in, in the mix as well. I would have to look at that a little bit more thoroughly. Uh, but uh, yeah, all those guys in there. You know, there's, you know, Mookie Betts right now. Uh, uh, certainly, uh, uh, you know, he he's most likely going to fit in rather well when his career is done there. I mean, if he's going to play the entire contract out. You know he's going to have statistics that will help push him up to number one. Who knows? Uh, uh, the The rest of it, uh, you know, I would have to analyze it a little bit more. But um, darn it, I can't remember that guy's name that was uh, back in the nineteen twenties. Yeah, Willie really Crawford did. was good. Willie Crawford was a was an in between kind of player. Yeah, uh, yeah, Willie, Willie, you know, he'd hit ten home runs. He'd hit 290, 285, driving 60 runs, and, you know, it's a little of this and a little of that. Uh, Reliable, though. Yes, reliable. And uh, extremely uh, talented uh, uh, athlete. Uh, Could have played football, could have played baseball. Um, uh, He and Willie Davis. Uh, Willie Davis is also, by the way, Willie Davis – is the highest ranked position player in Los Angeles Dodger history. Do you know that? No. Mm-mm. By war. Yeah. And I'm number two and I'm the number one infielder and he's the number one outfielder. Mm. Were you and, thinking of uh, Willie Keeler? Is that who we were thinking of? No, no, no. Oh, I, no. I just Zach uh, Wheat. There you go. Zach Wheat. Zach Wheat. Nice. is a Hall of Famer and and yes, he would be in the outfield. How about Mondesi Sean Green, huh? Yeah. Sean Green, Sean Green, I had on my podcast. We relived that day that he hit four home runs and, and mm-hmm. just had probably the greatest day in Dodger history. Uh, what an amazing day that was. Uh, you know, Montesy certainly made uh, uh, a mark. Uh, he was a terrific player. I think he was also the second group in the second group that uh, the Dodgers had that had four guys who had 30 home runs and won one year. Uh and I think that was uh uh Mondesi, zeal Carolson Piazza, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. And um uh Montey, you know, eventually got himself in hot water, uh going back to the Dominican. And uh mm. so that hasn't uh, fared too well with him, but uh, yeah, Sean Green. Sean Green hit 49, 49 home runs that year. I think it was, uh, and and uh, you know he's uh, he, he's another player that uh, you know is kind of stuck in between. You don't have really a, a team that you played long enough that you can be identified with, you know, uh, for something like that. As a matter of fact, going back to train, uh, uh he to- he told me that he was going to hang his hat in Texas when he uh, when he takes the uh, takes the Hall of Fame
2: uh ron say this has been a delight check out his new book penguin powered dodger blue hollywood lights and a one in a million big league journey plus his podcast we'll see about that we're going to change it to final say i'm going to co-host uh co-host the podcast with him. <laughs> uh ron i do want to tell you on the way out here uh, billy i don't know if you did this i did google uh your jingles your songs yes and what came up the first thing that came up is ron say and the worst baseball songs ever recorded
3: yeah well i mean that's you know like i said you know I I. uh I think we sold 30 worldwide. I have 25 of them. (laughs) Right. And uh, you know, it's it's exactly supposed to be that way. And for every anybody who wants to go out on a limb and say those are the worst baseball jingles, uh, you know, I mean, get with it, man. This was just for fun. Yeah. Uh, You're lucky I didn't hit you with a ballot. I want you to. Can you please, please? No, I can't do a ballot. No, I. This is you know the record actually was confirmation of my uh, seventh grade boys glee class you know i was finally able to put that to use and uh, i'm proud of it
2: all right uh listen i I have an idea if you're not going to change it to the final say okay uh we'd like to have you on you know sprinkle uh sprinkle you in throughout the year okay and you'll have final say on things that we are debating is that cool that's cool
3: you let me know when you want me and i'll be around
2: Oh, I love that. We'll promote the book and the podcast anytime you want. Okay. In exchange for you doing that, sir.
3: All right, guys. Thanks so much. I appreciate having me on. All right, Ron, on the way out, sell the book. Tell people why they should buy this book. Go ahead. Thanks so much. Well, it's it's an opportunity for you to have an inside look at some of the things that uh, went on during a baseball career and give hope for those who have this childhood dream that just might come true. All right, uh, I am telling you, this is
2: a uh, a delight. This has been a delight. And uh, growing up, you, Russell, Garvey, Lopes, Fernando, that enti- Dusty Baker, the entire team, just puts a smile on my face. Takes me back to a better time. So, uh, thank Puts you A smile
3: on much. my face too. Thanks so much for having me.
2: Uh, you got it. Good luck with the book, sir. Thank you, thank you, Mike. Thank you, sir. Okay. undebatable quality, great taste, only 96 calories. It's the beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most.